0: Welcome to conversations about life. All right. Well, thank you, John and Stephanie, for being guests on my podcast. And I'm just looking forward to talking with you. And some people um, on my po- guest on my podcast, I don't know very well, but I feel like I know you guys better. We. Sh- um, your daughter is married to my son, and you all have some amazing grandchildren. <laughs>
1: you do as well.
0: It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, um, and we know each other. We're in the part of the same church family as well. Um, and as far as to introduce you guys, I would describe you as both... Um, Kind of liking structure and routine, but also liking adventure. It seems like kind of an interesting mix. You, um, I know, like John. You seem to really like routine and um, tradition and stuff like that. But you guys like to go off in adventures, road trips, and things like that. And you've made some big decisions in your life that um, was, was you know seems pretty brave and exciting too. So. I don't know. How would you guys describe yourselves? I'll let you go first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I think you, you might have just uh, pegged us pretty well, actually. Because yeah. we, you know, we're not crazy enough just to chuck it all and buy an RV and <clears throat> raise the kids in a school bus or something like that. But <laughs> uh, we definitely like a little adventure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but we have enough structure to go to work and... Yeah. Go to church every week. And
2: <laughs> yeah. Well.
1: What do you think?
2: I, I like structure in my adventure.
1: That is true. He will follow the map. Uh huh. Make the hotel reservation, yep. and I'm like, no, <laughs> let's just drive till we get tired, and see what's out there. And see. What, and that has,
2: <laughs> I, I hate doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I like to have. Um, I like to know what the plan for the day is. Okay. I, I have, like, yeah. So yeah, I like structure in my adventure.
0: Yeah. So are you kind of the structured one in the the family then, and it's not so much like both of you together, but so and then Stephanie's more kind of loose and on the, you know, flow and so forth. That's a good question.
1: I often say he's the brick and I'm the balloon. So, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, that might be true. Uh,
2: yeah. So I, yeah, I I definitely say that I, I am primarily the structured one, but I wouldn't. I hadn't really thought about the fact that Steph might be. Um, unstructured. That doesn't really seem right, but I guess it could be. It hmm. would be unfair for me to judge, I think.
1: I've had quite a few jobs, though. I, I, I'm, <laughs> and I'll tell my coworkers I'm I'm a flight risk. I, <laughs> I really don't stay. I stay with relationships, but mm-hmm. things that I see as temporary in life, I guess, aren't that important to hang on to. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Well, that seems like a good combination. I mean, if you guys were both really structured, seems like it would be a little bit on the code dead side. And if you guys were both too loose, then that could be kind of chaotic. And I mean, you could get, you know, so it seems like a good combination. Um, I don't know too much about, you know, your early lives, and I thought maybe we'd start off there. And I don't know exactly how with... You know, both of you together. I guess we we'll just have to kind of bounce back and forth a little bit. So. Sure. Anyway, do you want to start, John? Just I guess, what was your early life like? What was your family life, your child life, childhood oh. like, and stuff like that?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. Okay. Uh, we were uh, believers. Uh, we did not always go to the same church. My, I, I, I don't know that really. Matters. My parents were both raised Protestant, so it's my father was raised a Methodist and my mother was raised a Southern Baptist. But we tried everything. It wasn't like we were dissatisfied necessarily, it's just they were just looking for a good church and they would know people that go to a church and we would try this one and we'd try that one. I moved around, I wouldn't say we moved around quite a bit when I was younger. Um, See, I lived. Your dad was in the shoe business, right? Yes, my dad was in the shoe business. He worked for a brown shoe company in St. Louis. Okay. Actually, he initially worked um, for International Shoe and moved to Brown Shoe, the City Museum in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, my dad used to work in that building. Okay. As, and when That's it was cool. a shoe company. When it, yeah. I, I don't remember if that was a warehouse or not, but I, I remember taking him and he was he was just, it was like giving us the tour. You know, I used to work here and this used to be this and this used to be that. And in fact, they have a, a book there where, he, um, where people that used to work there wrote in the book. And he, was going th- he wrote in it. And he was going through the book. He's like, oh, I know that person. I knew that person. You know, mm-hmm. And so he moved, he moved on to Brown Shoe. And then um, from Brown Shoe, uh, see, he was raised in central Missouri. My mother was raised in southeast Missouri. And she kind of had a yearning to go back to southeast Missouri, uh, what's now known as Park Hills. It was Flat River. Whenever we lived there, but she wanted to move. That's where she was from. She was actually born in Flat River. You know, she uh, she was born at home. So um, she had a yearning to go back there, and so my dad was like, "Sure, we'll go back." And so he used to commute from Flat River to St. Louis to Clayton. He worked at the corporate offices in Clayton, and then uh, later on, they he got a job at the shoe factory in Fredericktown, and so we moved to Fredericktown. Um, and which was great. Uh small town life, awesome. Uh I have I mean there I've had detractors over the years. I mean, I've said negative things about it cuz there's a certain security about being from a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you know everybody, but at the same time you know everybody and they know you. And so you can't you, you know there's there's a certain amount of privacy you give up, mm-hmm. you know. And which is it and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh the security is nice and knowing people everywhere you go, that's really nice too. So so I guess to, to you know the to the long the just to make a long story short, I lived in St I was born in St Louis, lived in St Louis up until I was about 10, moved to Park Hills and then ended up in Fredericktown. I graduated from high school in Fredericktown. And then um Actually, my, I was going to work at the shoe factory in Fredericktown. I, was, I couldn't figure out what else I was going to do with my life, and that seemed to be... Everybody else seemed to work there, and so I thought, hey, I'll work there. That sounds great. So, um, so And then how old were you when you guys adopted your brother? Oh, that is a very good question. I didn't even mention that. Um, I was... See, he was a year and a half old. I think I was... Five, five. Okay. Yeah. And then, that was your dad's idea, I think. Is that right, or actually, initially it was mine. Your idea. Okay. And uh, he was my brother. They used to have a a Saturday morning show. It was on after cartoons. So if you watched cartoons all the way to the end, Mm -hmm. they would have a show on after that, uh, where they would have like a a child of the week Mm -hmm. that was up for adoption, and one week was my brother. And I told my parents, because I know it had just been me, you know, and I was five years old, there hadn't been any more children. And I was like, I'd like to have a little brother. And look, there's a kid on the TV, <laughs> needs a place to live. And my parents said, that's a great idea. And I don't, it, I remember it seemed to take forever, but it probably only took a couple of months, but, uh, yeah. And then we adopted him and he came to live with us and, um, yeah every- and everybody loved him everybody still loves him yeah he's a he's a really great i call him a great kid but i think he turns forty nine this year so he's not really a kid <laughs> and uh but big smile yeah um so yeah he's he's a he's a really great kid so have you so you've enjoyed your brother yes we've we've been i haven't always been the best brother to him but i've tried and um yeah we've we've never fought at least, not seriously. We've always kind of done things together. Not, we didn't hang around because it was too much of an age gap. I think, uh, you know, we just had different friends. But um, I mean, like we do rock concerts together, and you know, movies. He's a movie guy, just like me. So we'll watch. We used to watch all kinds of movies together. So. so and then your your mother, she died earlier in mm-hmm. life from.
0: Some kind of a, like a terminal type of thing, or yeah, she
2: had cancer. Cancer, okay, and um, I'm ashamed to admit, I'm not entirely sure which one okay. I know, didn't
1: really find out, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, it was she, yeah, she had a tumor on her, was it her liver?
1: I think so, yeah,
2: yeah, so she found out she had it in September of 99 and she died on Christmas Eve of okay. 99. And how so that's um so you weren't a kid then you were a 99. Yeah, I was yeah. Uh, th- I had just turned 31 years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't yeah, so I wasn't like you know I wasn't young. So and it was, yeah. Yeah, I I missed my mom. Yeah. She was uh she was you could do a whole podcast on me just telling stories about my mother. Oh, really? <laughs> she was a force to be reckoned with. I, I really loved my mom, and everybody that knew her liked her. Hmm. You know, so, and yeah, she was, she was a very interesting person. Your life was made more interesting by knowing her, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. But she she was hard on me, which made things difficult at times. But
0: yeah. Well.
2: Let's bounce over to Stephanie and what, what, what about your early
0: <clears throat> life or your growing up and yeah. family and stuff like that?
1: It's kind of funny because we're talking about how structured John is and <clears throat> how I can be a little wild and <laughs> listening to his, his you know, small town, I was an army brat, so oh. hmm. I was in Missouri until I was five, then we moved to Georgia
2: hmm.
1: and then Germany and oh, then wow. Colorado Springs and then we came back. For my last four years of high school, okay, yeah, which I spent two in Park Hills and two at Farmington. So even then, I moved. <laughs> yeah,
0: so your dad was in the army. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and um, and then you have uh, you have siblings and so forth.
1: I do have two brothers and a sister. I'm oldest.
0: Okay, all right, and then um, so what was growing up in your household like? Uh, well, you moved a lot. So, we moved
1: a um, lot. um I were think you
0: guys uh, g- churchgoers and so forth?
1: We went for a little while, um, when we lived in Germany. <clears throat> On the okay. base, there was a church, okay. Um, you'd have your Protestant service at nine, Catholic service at ten. There's just one building, okay. So, and there might have been other denominations as well, but okay. we went to the Protestant service, okay. Um, and I was baptized while I was in Germany, but then. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't baptized in Germany. I felt like I was saved in Germany, possibly. <laughs> Sometimes these are hard things to, to pinpoint. And then when I was 12, we were home uh, for the summer to see Grandma, and <clears throat> my brother and I were both baptized in Bismarck the First Baptist Church. Okay. But then we did not ever go to church again after that. Um, I went a little bit in high school, but I've, I know now that I was saved before the foundation of the world, but... I feel like my eyes were actually open. It was just a few months after I married John. Sorry. That's okay. That um, basically I was just reading a book and something, it was a Christian fiction book actually, and something in that book just opened my eyes. Just, it was incredible. Just like, oh, this is why God gave us rules. He's not just this uh, vicious overlord. He loves us and wants to protect us, and that, for some reason, that little bit of information just opened hmm. my eyes, and I was never the same. Okay. So I was rebaptized a few years later at Rockport.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. So. Um, it, so you were saying you can't like pinpoint like your as
1: a child, you know, conversion.
0: you think was
1: it real? Right. Was it not real? Does it really matter? Right. <laughs> so.
0: But that was a pretty big experience there and that was um, just a, f- a couple months after you met John huh?
1: yes Mm-hmm.
0: and it was just um, something you know through some words in a book and just somehow there was like a spiritual yeah eyes were open and so the Lord forth. just
1: used it to show me yeah uh, yeah his love and how old were you 20 okay mm-hmm
0: well um how did you two meet each other?
1: We were... I was in nursing school. Okay. Um, I had Sarah. Okay. I had been divorced for a short time, and I was 19 years old. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. There's that. Um, and I w- had actually stepped out of nursing school for about a year to have Sarah and raise her, or not raise her, to get situated with a new baby. And I was back. So I had a new class... Full of new classmates and one of my classmates was married to John's cousin. Okay. And of course you're always trying to set your friends up. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to meet cousin John. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I've been through all this trauma and tragedy. I just really don't think this is a good idea. So I was working at the hospital and she called me, he got on the phone, and he's like, you should come on over and meet me. <laughs> he had such a nice voice. Like, all right. And then I met him, he was watching The Simpsons. I'm like, oh, The Simpsons, really? He's too young and immature. I'm just not needing this in my life. And, but he schmoozed me, and we went on a date, and we were married six months later. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that how you remember it? That is
2: exactly how I remember
1: it.
0: <laughs> okay, cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you guys got married f- fairly young then, I guess. You were 20 then when mm-hmm. you got married? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yep. 22. 22, okay. Well, um, what would you guys, how would you put this, you know, your philosophy of life? Like, you know, that's kind of like a tough question, I guess. But um, how? What? how would you put it, I guess, if you were to... Th- to give, like, this is my philosophy of life in a nutshell. Do you have any thoughts about that? Just either of you?
1: Your turn.
2: Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> philosophy of life. Um, I probably should have thought about this more. Well, for sure, um, the central part of my life is the fact that I'm a believer. Uh, and I'm a follower of Christ. And so that is going to kind of dictate everything that I do after that. Uh, I'm a, I was, I was raised by people that were kind of on the oldest side of the baby boomers. And so there's a lot of greatest generation still in them, you know? So, you know, there's a, a lot of, there's a, a lot of hard work mentality there, you know? Um, you know, so don't be lazy, you know, work hard, do the right thing, you know, follow Jesus. That's, that's, that's a pretty good philosophy for life. Uh, I've added to that, um, have a little bit of fun, you know, um, it's easy with that work hard mentality to kind of miss the fact that you are a human being and probably having fun isn't necessarily a bad thing. And um, it's I guess I've tried to, you know, don't put too much of a, you know, make it sound too flippant, but, um, you know, because you know, having fun—that sounds kind of light. <laughs> but it's like you know, you need to unwind a little bit. So yeah, work hard, not necessarily play hard, but kind of enjoy life, follow Jesus, raise big, raise good babies.
0: So um, so I got two questions I didn't find out like how you started your Christian experience so I want to ask you about that Mm -hmm. and then I also ask want to ask you what is fun to (laughs) John but first of all how did things get started for you as, as far as being a Christian I know you were raised as a Christian but when did it become like a personal meaningful connection with God for you
2: um It, it, it happened, I know it seems so young too and People are like, oh you shouldn't get baptized so young But I was 8 years old And I was I had already become conscious of the knowledge that I am That I do bad things, you know Even as an 8 year old I knew that you know There's good things that you can do And bad things that you can do And uh, I had, we used to do a thing called training union in the Southern Baptist Church Mm -hmm. where you went to, you had Sunday school in the evening on Sunday. And so uh, at a training union class, um, my teacher was like, she was talking about, you know, there's good things and there's bad things. And pretty much everything you do, you know, apart from God is against God and there's nothing you can do about it. And the only way that you're ever going to be right with God and we we've at that time they used the term accepting Jesus is the only the only way is to accept Jesus in your heart and I pondered it I labored over that and I was just like that's crazy that's you know and so uh, I I molded over for weeks and it was one of those things I actually talked to my parents about I'm like I mean what is this you're talking about accepting Jesus you know being a believer what is that, exactly is that and so weeks probably maybe a month or more and i labored over it i thought about it mulled it over in my head even at eight years old and um i decided that yeah um i i needed to have my sins covered by the blood of jesus and the only way to do that was to be baptized and to tell the whole world that that is what i wanted to do and so i became a believer at that point um it was basically, I can tell you where it happened. I was sitting on the, the doghouse in my parents' van while we were driving down the road. It was not exactly safe, but and it was just <laughs> like, it, you know, it, it became obvious to me that that is, you know, that was the, that's what I needed to do. And so I was uh, baptized at the age of eight. It was Mother's Day. Um, and it was at the, what's now known as the First Baptist Church of Park Hills where I was baptized. became a member of that church.
0: So, after that,
2: like did your life seem different from a spiritual perspective like, it did did it mm-hmm. okay uh, I had another to be fair, I had another i've had eye opening experiences since then I mean, you grow as a believer, and so you're always you know you always you're building on that you know there's always a little bit more that you learn, and your eyes get opened a little bit wider um, you know like when I found out you know that um, that Christians can have fun. I used to think Christians were boring, but, you know, and so that's kind of a drag, but um, there was, we actually, we used to come up to a Bible study here in Peebley and the, the people had fun. They used to sing and, you know, they were joyous. Or sometimes, you know, and maybe it's, it's it works better when you're with people your own age, Sometimes when you're in a church, you don't have a lot of people your own age, and their form of worship is a little different than yours. But uh, probably the biggest eye-opening experience I've had since then uh, was listening to Paul Washer. And um, whenever, you know, he's just basically telling you, you're depraved. You're a depraved wretch. Because even as a Christian, sometimes you can think, oh, well, maybe I'm not so bad, right? And... Paul Washer was just like, here, let me open the Bible to you and show you where you're a depraved wretch. You're just, there's no hope for you. And it's not like, it just changed my way of thinking is what it was. I still believed, I was still a believer. I was a believer before and I was a believer afterwards, but it, it made my Christian walk better to understand that there is no good in me, that I can't do anything that's good. You know, so. So how did that make it better? Uh, it set my it it changed my perspective on things you know that if I always count myself as being that without Christ I would be you know completely hopeless and that even with Christ I still my flesh still causes me to do um, not causes me to do but my being in the flesh is still bad that um, that I have to ask for well I get the grace now I'm starting to go down a the road then I'm starting to get away from <laughs> myself here um, it just the, the way it changed my perspective to a point where um, it makes things more understandable Where other people for instance when other people do bad things it's like I get that you're a human being just like me it, it, it allows me more grace for other people that's probably the biggest thing that it did Okay that it, it, I am able to other, view other people with more grace because I understand that we're all basically the same, and I would be the same we're all basically the same, and without Christ, I would be a complete disaster and then but with Christ, you're not a complete disaster right No I'm, I'm not a complete okay. I know it, sound, it sounds terrible it's like I'm still a believer, but I'm a depraved wretch, but it, with Christ, there's hope. Okay. There's there's hope for my eternity, and I have peace, peace in myself, peace with God, because that's another thing that Paul Washer teaches that you don't really think about that God, apart from Christ, God is going, I mean he's going to just his he's going to destroy you, apart from Christ, mm-hmm. and so he has chosen me, to uh, to not be destroyed. And then, um, what if, how does
0: does that uh, affect um, how you live now? As far as um, not, you know, does that make you a better John
2: in the world right now? I hope so.
1: <laughs> yes, I will answer that for you.
2: Because <laughs> th- there's got to be good things that come from having more grace with people. Yeah, you know that I I am guilty that if anybody. You know, if any of my old friends were here, people that knew me when I was in high school, I had a tendency to be a little legalistic, not a lot of grace. And that's, for starters, is not a good way to live, Mm -hmm. you know. And so having grace with other human beings is a really excellent, that's an excellent way to live, Hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that you can love others.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, um, hmm, well, I'm, I'm thinking of the, in the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus says, um, you know, don't judge and you'll be not judged. Do you think that's kind of connected
2: to what you're talking about? Um. Yeah, I suppose it is because bl- I'm trying to think what the context of that that is is that it's you know the judgment that you meet out to others because that, and that's a thing you know that that you're less likely to judge others. You know, have some grace. I don't know what the other people are going through. Yeah. Okay. And you. so you value uh,
0: working hard, you mm-hmm. value following Jesus, and you value having some fun.
2: I do. So what do you picture when you're talking about having some fun? Well, it's always riding my motorcycle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I wish it was other things. I wish I could say I love playing board games, but I really don't. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I did jigsaw puzzles, but I, I don't like doing that either. I do like working on, like, cars and motorcycles. You know, it's, it's like a puzzle. And see, here's the thing, you know. If you put a puzzle, at the end you have a pretty picture. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in my mind, it's not enough because it's just a pretty picture. But see, if I put together an engine for, the, like, a puzzle, at the end I have a running engine that I can use for something that has practical use... Uh, not to say that anybody else's way is wrong. That's just the way I look at it. Right. Okay. So,
0: Okay. Riding motorcycles and mm-hmm. working on them or yep. working on vehicles and stuff. Cool. All right. So um, we were talking about meeting each other and, oh, we were talking about philosophy of life. Okay. <laughs> we're back to you, Stephanie. Philosophy now you've had plenty
1: of, of time to think about that. But I was listening to you instead of thinking of my own answer. Well, life is a gift from God, for sure, and what I've found in my life is the times that I go along with what the Creator created me to be, then all is well, even though times might be tough. You have peace and joy, and the times that I decide that I'm going to do things my own way in life are the times that... Even though it may seem wonderful, like a great idea, it wasn't a good idea at all. You should, um, you should live according to the manufacturer's directions. Okay. So.
0: Do you, is that something you, like, um, what did God create you to be? Like, is that something, um, you can put in a a nutshell, a couple sentences, or like?
1: Um, well, identity is a, a big, um, it's been a big mystery for me in a lot of ways, just I was kind of bounced around a little being raised and then um, just knowing the Lord and mm, bounced around a little more trying to figure out. The first thing I asked when I became a believer was, what do I do? Because mm-hmm. that's who I am as a person. And that's kind of the idea you get that, you know, people are what they do. They're human right. doings, not human beings. Yeah. So. Just coming to that, which I'm still trying to come to that perfect place of peace we might not ever see on this side of, um, of heaven. but So I, I believe he's created us to, to worship him, to trust him, to be his children. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, just, you know, and I'm getting ready actually to study feminism quite a bit, because I'm going to speak about it oh. at a ladies' workshop in in July— That's something I've struggled with a little bit is what does a woman, you know, look like and what is, you know, what does God expect out of women and how are we so different than men and all those questions that float around every day in our world. Um, and my conclusion is we're actually not that much different overall. We are, um, created by the same loving father and we both have cells and kidneys and all that kind of stuff, but, (laughs) um, so really a worshiper of the Lord, for sure. Um, seeing other people as made in his image. I think, you know, relationships are always a difficult subject for anybody. We, we all have our problems with people on the road or people in our family or wherever. So um, just relating to the other, others that have been created by him also and worshiping him
0: yeah you were talking about um, men and women and being kind of alike, and we are but um like we're different too i mean it's kind mm-hmm. of like a a neat blend um because we're all humans, but there's like it, i I'm, I don't know much about science, but like mm-hmm. it's every cell of a woman's body different than a man's body and it's like
1: yes the chromosomes are yeah. there in every single cell for sure
0: yeah and I wonder mm-hmm. if we just know all the differences because there it's like a subtle differences it seems like but significant you know definitely to, um, it's kind of neat just way and God I agree matters. I think
1: we fall into one ditch or the other we either fall into we are um, completely replaceable -hmm. You know, to each other, interchangeable. I guess would be a better term. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a ditch, or it doesn't even matter. Which you know, we're battling with those kind of issues right now in our country, trying to figure all that out and help people out there. But we can also fall into the you are so other than I am that I have to call you almost like a different species. Like we can't even communicate or yeah, you know. So I think there are two ditches we can fall in there.
0: Yeah. What was coming to my mind was just the way God made the world and how it's just, you know, so um, so neat, just colorful and different. Yet, and you know, it's the source of people coming together, and then families come from that, and just yes, all just amazing, (laughs) complementing
1: each other. Yes, right.
0: Yeah. Well, do you guys have any routines that? Are meaningful to you, like just day to day, week to week, or anything like that um, that you do that just means a lot to you.
2: See there, be uh, well. Um, uh, supposedly, uh, uh, Johnny Cash was quoted as saying that his favorite time of the day, his favorite thing in the world, favorite thing in the world, was to have coffee with June, his wife. Hmm. And that is my favorite thing in the world, is that every morning we have coffee. Wow. We sit and we have Mm -hmm. coffee, and we just enjoy typically eh, about half an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, We used to read the Word. We're not reading as much as we have been. Uh, Maybe we'll get back to that. But we we get a little devotion in in the morning, and we just kind of, I don't know, hang out. Mm -hmm. That's really neat. (laughs) Whatever you attach to coffee is going to be good. (laughs) I'm not going to disagree that with that. That is true.
1: That is true. <laughs> yeah.
2: I hate the fact that I have to drink decaf in the evenings.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Is it like just you guys get up at the same time and that's just what you go at? Or is it just at a certain time in the morning? Or? Um,
1: it's changed with work schedules. Yes. Yeah.
2: I get up a little early. I used to, she got up earlier, but now I get up earlier
1: because
2: mm-hmm. uh, I have to. I I you know recently changed jobs and I used to not have to go to work until eleven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. I start work at seven o'clock in the morning. So now, used to be she left the house first, but now I leave the house mm-hmm. first. So, so what time do you do that? It's
1: about. It's six, about five five, five 30, 30. Yeah, 5.30 five 30 in the yeah, morning. Right morning. now, we've it's only been <laughs> on this one for a couple weeks because he just started a new job. Yeah, so. and
2: before that it was probably <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning. Right, right. seven. Seven, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing that? It's got to be more than a year.
1: Mhm. Yes, definitely.
2: Probably a couple of years. Yeah. Probably so. I'm not sure why we started doing it. I used the Johnny it, Cash thing.
1: It was you because that's one of the lovely things is that, like, he used to always make pancakes every single Sunday morning, no matter how tired we were, no matter how cranky the kids were because john has a philosophy of we we need to just get together sit down calm down and just chat for a few minutes and not just race off to our day so yeah
0: Yeah, that's really neat Mm -hmm. um all yeah do you um are dinner times like a sit down with each other time too or is it kind of just this time in the morning with the
2: coffee we have dinner time. We do. Uh, it's it didn't because of the the, the job I had. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Um, I didn't get off till eight o'clock at night. And it's very difficult oh, right. to get your entire family to wait around at the dinner table until you get off at eight o'clock at night. Right. And so um, we didn't have too many meals together uh, while I was on that job. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, when I switched to this new one. And then the jobs I had prior, uh, we were we we wouldn't gather every night around the table.
1: Just about. I mean, it's always been really important. It has been, yeah. Like he worked a job where he left at two in the afternoon for years when we were homeschooling. But since we were oh, yeah, homeschooling, yeah. we just had dinner at two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's important to. It's harder now. The kids are working. We're working. Yeah. But it's kind of been a blessing since the new job yeah like look we're all together again at dinner time it is is possible to eat eat at
2: six o'clock in the evening yes yeah Yeah. it's for me and
0: us I guess kind of it's hard for us to kind of make the most of the meal like we tend to just you know get our food eat it up and then as we finish go off and do our things and there's not like you know it's not like what you were saying about, oh, we should just need to spend a little time together, like maybe talking together and stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but we're just not super good at that, I guess, or does it just come natural <laughs> for you guys, or do you have to when you're having dinner together or um,
1: I don't know if it's i don't know, and it's hard to remember what it was like when everyone was younger, but yeah. now I feel like now that we're all having dinner together, Savannah and John Michael are there. And we spend hours, I can never get anything done in the evening because we're solving all the problems in the world and talking about the latest whoever that's done something weird that reminding ourselves that it's okay, it's going to be all right, we're going to heaven. (laughs) So it seems like we talk forever.
2: Wow. Uh, It's the way I was raised. Um, Mm -hmm. That was always, mealtimes were important to my mother. Hmm. Um, That... uh, in fact, she wanted everybody to have breakfast together. Uh, she was an educator, and um, so she didn't have to. She didn't have to be at work until like eight o'clock in the morning. My dad worked really close to the house, so he didn't have to be at work until seven. So getting everybody up and at the breakfast table at six o'clock was possible, and we did it. My mother insisted, uh, kind of get everybody focused on the day, and then uh, in the evenings the same thing. Whenever I started getting older, not not interested in hanging around with my parents as much. I mean, we, I guess we do that. I did that as a teenager. Let's say that. And, uh, I was more interested in hanging out with my friends. Uh, my mother was like, no, no, you can have dinner with us. You know, she insisted. And so I guess that just stuck, you know? Hmm. Wow.
0: Anything else to, about your mother that comes to mind? That's just kind of <laughs> seems significant or just, uh,
2: she, I don't know if I have time to tell all the funny stories. She's, but and and I will say this, that's where I get my love of traveling. Oh, is it? My mm-hmm. mother loved to travel. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, and, and that's, I don't know if my siblings are really into it as much as I am. But yeah, I, I don't know if it was genetic or if it, if it was nature or nurture. But I love to travel, and I know, and my mother did too. So that would be, that's that's going to be a fond memory of my mother. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, has there, um, I was going to ask if there's
0: anything that's really made an impact on your life or lives. Um, but you already told me about uh, Paul Warsher. That sounds like that was pretty life-changing for you. It was. Um, anything else, uh, like? Books or people or life experiences that just really kind of turned the course of your life in a, a way that or made some kind of an impact on who you
1: are today? I kind of have one. <laughs> okay. So I, was fi- I think I was finally staying home because I'd worked and then Paul Washer again listening to a sermon so convicted that I needed to be home with the kids. This is when mm-hmm. Joe Michael was a baby. So we managed to get me home. It was amazing. Um, but then just, I was trying to find out what it meant to like be submissive, be a submissive wife. Mm -hmm. So I prayed a lot about it. I read a little pink book called A Woman After God's Own Heart. It was kind of an older one. Mm -hmm. Um, had a couple of friends. We were kind of, you know, trying to figure out what this meant. And I just felt like the Lord challenging me to kind of do what my husband wanted to do, not just, you know, but like go above and beyond and really throw myself into his interests. Oh, wow. So I already rode a motorcycle. Can't remember which one I was on, Mm -hmm. but it was like, I'm like, let's just, you know, really do what, what would you really like to do? And we had three kids at the time. He's like, I'd really like to buy a sidecar, travel on motorcycles, Mm -hmm. go with the kids. And so... I'm like, that sounds so scary to take my children on motorcycles, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to trust, trust you, Lord, that this is what you want me to do because I prayed, and this seems like, I know it sounds like an odd thing for God to tell you to do, but um, sometimes he asks us to do strange things to learn how to trust him more. Mm-hmm. So we drove to Wisconsin. We got a sidecar. We hooked it up. Savannah went on the back of my bike. Sarah was in the sidecar. John Michael was on the back of John's. And we took our first trip. We went back to Wisconsin first. first trip. It was to the races up there, to the mm-hmm. motorcycle races. My mother was beside herself. I just, <laughs> she was so scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell her, but she figured it out. Yeah. And from there, we went to Gulf Shores and rode through rainstorms and stories of bugs. And, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a great experience for the kids, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So are you pretty happy that you made the decision to, you know, go into John's interest and everything? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. Yes. Then, you know, time passed mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, well, I want to ride a motorcycle because I want to ride a motorcycle now. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of gone through a little transformation where, like tomorrow morning, I'm taking off to go to a women's motorcycle rally by myself so yeah so it's a little different than it used to be I used to just follow him everywhere Mm -hmm. and I mean I have a new bike now so I still really need his help (laughs) (laughs) he's still my mechanic but he's taught me a lot and I feel like it's something that's kind of something I would do without him now which is a little different of course, now we have actually matching motorcycles. So, <laughs>
2: had to throw that in. We're
1: back. Uh, <laughs> we have to ride everywhere together now almost because it's just so darn cute.
0: <laughs> That's pretty neat how God led you in a kind of a real particular way to um, learn to trust Him more and have an adventure too. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Anything else as far as people or um, anything that comes to mind if not that's okay but if that's that was. that's made you who you are or just impacted your life no.
1: you good I want to talk the whole time ah. <laughs> you got nothing
2: well I have what it is like I, I have bits and pieces from a lot of people you know I have um, like, obviously, my mother I've talked a lot about my mother during this uh, which is not to say that my dad wasn't also an influence uh, my dad was um, he's he's primarily where I got the hard working from you know he was uh, his his father was uh, uh, a German immigrant you know or a German well from it was an Austro-Hungarian em- immigrant that would be a better way of saying it he didn't come from Germany but um and working hard was what they did you know and that my father learned to to work hard you know he worked in a store you know from the time he can as long as he can remember you know basically he's big enough to put cans on shelves he worked at a store you know and so working and earning those were things that i got which isn't to say i didn't get them from my mother but i definitely got them from my father you know right. that that uh, that strong work ethic i got from him and then um like my grandfather who was uh, my, my mother's father who was uh yeah, you know he was in the ccc which is the civilian conservation corps and he and he could you know he learned learned how to work with his hands he was very he was a handy guy and he could he could fix anything He was one of the smartest men i knew so yeah. definitely a, uh also an influence so um yeah. but as far yeah that that was those are probably my biggest influences in my life
0: yeah
1: yeah, my grandma was like a rock to me. Hmm. She was always in the same place, and I was moving around everywhere, and life was kind of turbulent, mm-hmm. and grandma was always there, always, even as an adult. You're having trouble, go to grandma's house. And she just passed away hmm. um, in August, okay.
0: 2020,
1: wow. at 94, so... Oh,
0: 94. It, oh,
1: and wow. it really rocked my world, even though I'm 50 and she was 94, um, it was just like the bedrock is is not there anymore and it hmm. was really yeah really different yeah hmm. the world was not the same the next day yeah
0: mm-hmm. um well here's something that Ellie wants me to ask not just you guys in particular but she she says you know ask you know she wants to know like she wants to learn from people so i used to say you know if you could go back to a young, you know, you when you were younger and tell yourself something you needed to know because you know it now, like, what would that be? So, like, you know, what do you know about life now that you wish you knew when you were a young person? I guess that's how I'll put it.
2: <laughs> I'll let you answer this one first.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I would tell myself to be more patient, that everything will... Come with time. Don't feel like you have to run out there and make everything happen. Just be patient. Mm,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would have been good for me to <laughs> know
2: when I was a young person, too.
0: <laughs> Anything that comes to mind for you, John?
2: Yeah, mine's way more practical than that <laughs> <laughs> and boring. I would go back and tell myself, it's okay. You can be an auto mechanic, it's all right don't have to go to a four-year college because you know that's not what you really want to do you want to work on cars and i would tell myself go ahead and work on the cars it's okay yeah that way i wouldn't have to wait till i was in my life 2.0 before i discovered i could do that so you went to a four-year college i attempted it okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I found that i liked working and making money more than i liked being in class right yeah um
0: Well, anyway, um, you guys have made some big life decisions. Like, I guess, like a a lot of them have been career decisions, you know, and um, that seem pretty courageous to to make, you know. So, have you been happy, you know, for venturing out and risking and making, you know, like sharp turns in life, like you have? (laughs) Have Have those worked out? Are you happy that you did those things and have it worked out well?
1: Like when, like you're going back to school?
2: Yeah, that's kind of like one thing I'm thinking okay. of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, me going back to school. Yeah. Uh, I am happy that I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I've made very few really good choices in my life, and that was a good one. Um, now, I, I think probably the idea that we might be able to open a business... Uh, that didn't pan out like we thought it would. Okay. Uh, I'm not sorry that I made the decision. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm still pretty happy with the move. Yeah. Uh, there may be. There may be other blessings in that. Okay. Uh, in the future, but as far as you know, did it? I, I had a plan, and I headed in that direction, but things didn't work out. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So and so
0: because of that, you're living at a different place, mm-hmm. um, from more of a rural area to kind of like right on a, Park. <laughs> <Jeffco laughs> Boulevard, yes. um, yeah,
2: one of the busiest thoroughfares in Jefferson County. Yeah, but you're pretty happy that you're there.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I'm, cool. I I love I love the house. I love where I live. I'm, I I know that I grew up in a small town, but I'm kind of a, I I like activity. It's kind of it's nice to slow down occasionally. I have a nice flat backyard, which is unusual in Jefferson County, and yeah. I sit back there and enjoy the peace and quiet on occasion. Yeah. But um, generally speaking, we like we like more activity. I'm speaking for you. I'm sorry. Do you like more activity?
1: I do, but Jeffco has become loud.
2: It is really busy there. I
1: put on a white noise machine right now. <laughs> <All> oh, <to you. laughs> yes.
0: Is it kind of quieter in the backyard? It the is. Trees mm-hmm. muffle noise and stuff. That's yes. nice. It's quieter. 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 Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, from your perspective, um, do you have any thoughts about just our our nat- our nation, and society, and just you know, it's kind of you know, you guys are unique and uh, people, and I respect your opinions, and you're coming from a you know your own lives and your own eyes and I would just would like to know how do you see things um, there's all kinds of things you could comment on but just anything that comes to mind um, about our nation our society and just what your thoughts about it are and
2: just anything along those lines I guess I let you go first last time I did Or made you go first last time <laughs> um well, uh, from a conservative Christian point of view, I would say that things are not optimal right now. Um, uh, we're here for a reason, you know. The Lord puts us where He puts us for a reason, and so uh, it could be a ministering opportunity. Uh, one that i some of the one of the best piece of advice I heard was uh, someone once told me, "Make a friend." Mm-hmm. Make a friend because, uh, you know, it's very easy uh, in this life to sit on social media and, you know, vent your opinion on social media without any interpersonal communication, any interaction with a human being. And, you know, it's, and human beings still yell at each other face to face. But maybe if we listened, you know, it, if you just you don't have to be a friend of the whole world, you don't have to try to save everybody. But just, pick, you know, if, and not even go pick somebody, but just, and, you know, if somebody comes into your life and you have an opportunity to be somebody's friend, make a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, I know it sounds overly simplistic, but I think the biggest problem that we have is um, we don't listen to each other. That mm-hmm. I think that if we just listened and stopped screaming... We might understand ourselves. You know, it, try to understand where somebody else is coming from. That has to goes back to what I was talking about uh, before with the grace, having mm-hmm. grace with somebody.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't know where people have all—everybody's different. Their paths are all different, and there's a reason why they believe the things that they believe. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's a reason why I believe the things that I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we as human beings uh, that live in a society— Understand why somebody else believes the way they believe, and try to find some middle ground. Try mm-hmm. to understand why they believe that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, have um, I like that a whole lot? Have you? Um, does anything come to mind as far as when you've, um, you know, followed that in your um, your life? And
2: oh, have I done it? Have I been a friend to people? Well, I know you've been a friend to people, been but been. like. <laughs> you know, but, um. um, yes, I I I should have thought about this ahead of time. But I, there was a gentleman I used to work with, yeah, and he and I had diametrically opposed political views, yeah. But it was important for me to remember that, amongst other things, this guy was generally speaking, he was like a war hero. Hmm. You know, he I don't I don't he was drafted to go to Vietnam. It wasn't his choice to go. But when he went to Vietnam, he did the best that he could do. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was important for me to remember that regardless of our political stance, I have respect for this man for what he went through.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? And, you know, maybe... I mean, we're none of us are perfect. Right. right? You know? But... um and he may have not been the best human being when he came back. It's not my place to judge. He still went and did the thing, mm-hmm. and I have to respect that. I have to respect who, what he did, and who he was, and that gave me an opportunity. It, it, in the end, I mean, there were times, yeah, that we yelled at each other, and but in the end, uh, when, near the time when I stopped working with him, mm-hmm. and then we had to go into other things, uh, he and I had an understanding, you know that yeah he flat out disagreed with me on just about everything Mm -hmm. and I flat out disagreed with him but he respected my viewpoint and I respected his yeah
0: cool thanks do you have any thoughts on that topic as far as I don't know just how you see our (laughs) nation society and so forth
1: it's kind of sad to me how like you have to jump into one camp or the other right now Mm -hmm. i don't like having to jump into one camp or the other yeah so if you i mean you could take just about any subject and it's like well you're either black or white on this there's no gray area no area no place for discussion right whatsoever um so that that bothers me a lot and just the way I can see like relationships so harmed in the last year, especially with all the COVID stuff, you know, it's, it's exhausting. Just the way families and friends have jumped into one camp or the other and can't communicate anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so just for me, I have a dogged, um, determination not to do that Mm. (laughs) and to be able to understand both you know radical sides Mm -hmm. a little bit and then just i guess just to remember also people come from a place of fear or a place of hurt Mm -hmm. a lot of the time Hmm. so you just have to consider that
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: and once again remember they're made in the image of god you know try to be understanding try to understand where they're coming from if possible Hmm. um okay so (laughs) cool
0: well thanks well, thanks, guys. I think it's been a really good dis- discussion, conversation, and I've enjoyed hearing from you guys. Anything else t- comes to mind you want to leave us with, or should we just go ahead and wrap up, or what do you think?
2: Uh, I I can't think of anything else. Okay. I, I mean, I, I appreciate it. Uh, there may have been some times in the podcast I'd like to edit out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. I didn't say that right. No, you guys, <laughs> it, it came across funny. But, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you asking us. Okay. Yeah. it's been delightful (laughs) it's been a lot of fun all right
0: thank you